This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and today, as usual on Wednesday, I am joined by Jordana Abraham. Hey, Jordana. Hey, Dylan. Excited to be back. I am excited to have you back. We have a lot to talk about with Real Housewives of New Jersey. We also got the Vanderpump Rules mid-season trailer earlier this week. Hotly anticipated. Usually, to me, a mid-season trailer is a little bit of a who cares kind of moment, but right. uh, this one is not not like business as usual. It's usually like, and more of this, but now I think this is probably the, I would, I would anticipate this was probably the most watched mid-season trailer of all time. Right. And it's, it's fun because it's, they have been filming these last couple of weeks, some additional footage as Scandaval has come out, but obviously there's still all this other stuff that they filmed last summer. And so going through this trailer and kind of doing a little bit of detective work like somebody found there's a moment in the trailer when Sandoval is like kissing someone who's lying in a bed and you can't see their face and everybody's like is he kissing Raquel and somebody went and found that the bed frame in that shot is the same beds in the hotel rooms that Sheena's wedding was at in Mexico and so they're like this footage was from Sheena's wedding weekend and I'm like I I really salute that type of sleuthing I mean, it's impressive what audiences can do. They can solve crimes. They can find out, you know, who Tom Sandoval is kissing. The big problems facing the country, you know, really can be solved by the average viewer. Right. Will Donald Trump get arrested? Will Katie Light Raquel on fire? <laughs> Those are the two questions plaguing the nation. Americans are on top of both of these things. I'm proud of us <laughs> as a nation. You know, um, and that last that last uh, moment in the trailer where you know Tom asks Ariana if she needs anything, and she just said for you to die. It's like you can't you can't write that. It it just it's unreal. I can't wait. I mean, it's I'm sure you've discussed this on other episodes, but watching the current season, knowing what we know, is now even more entertaining. And I feel like I'm looking for all the clues, and I'm like overanalyzing everything that everyone is saying. Um, so it's definitely making that a more exciting experience, too, even before we've gotten to any of the scandal. Right. And la especially last week's episode, Andy had given a disclaimer beforehand saying this has not been re-edited at all. None of this footage was unearthed in the wake of the scandal. So watching these things and being like, wow, C Christina Kelly really does have that spidey sense. It's like good yeah. for her. <laughs> Impressive. I mean, and then you see like um, on the on the flip side, you see Charlie. Probably. And I saw her, she tweeted something sort of to that effect of, you know, didn't know what I know now, but also not that sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I mean, I wouldn't have done like all of those things knowing what I know now, but like, I'm a good friend. I'm a girl's girl. What are you, right. what am I going to do? Just a few of them at least. 
<sighs> yeah, I mean, speaking of hindsight is 2020. Watching this season of New Jersey, it does feel kind of like this train has already left the station and is going somewhere very dark in terms of the Teresa and Melissa and Joe dynamic. And it is kind of just like, what if we what if we just pressed pause here? You know, what what if we could just make things good again? No. What if it ended just all at the at the Luau <laughs> party where everyone seems to be having a really good time? I have to say, I have never seen so many adults take so many shots. I felt drunk just watching them. They can drink. Like that was impressive. It is impressive. Obviously, I mean, how all the housewives shows they're drinking and stuff, but the the way they party on Jersey, it's like uh-huh. the the husbands, the wives, everybody's there. They're slamming shots. They're sweaty outside, just uh, getting down with the hula dancers. Like they're really having a good time. Like I feel like this party looks fun, fun in a way that most Bravo parties don't look like IRL that fun. Yeah. Completely. You see, I mean, shots are everywhere. I feel like most housewives are not doing multiple shots. Oh my God. With the waxing of, uh, was it, is his name John? John, John Fuda. Fuda. That was, I mean, that's not something I think that you could write into a, to a, a script. That was just very funny. No. Okay. Before, before we get to the shore, we have our obligatory little pre-travel meetings that are happening. Rachel and Danielle go shopping together for the luau party. And this is, it's a good little newbie meeting of the minds. They're not exactly on the same side of the group, but they still have this little bit of connection together as the new women coming onto the show. And so I thought it was kind of valuable to get their differing perspectives as the new people because you kind of see them starting to form their opinions where you know Rachel is like oh well I you know I think that maybe Teresa and Joe might have hope or something uh and then Danielle is like well I feel like Marge never lets things go like they're kind of right they're they have like junior opinions (laughs) I always do wonder if people, the new people on these shows come in sort of with a pre-set idea of which team they're going to be on um, or if they come in completely. I mean, I doubt I doubt most people have never seen the show, but I would imagine they would all come in with some sense of like, I am kind of leaning towards this team. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to some of them about this and I think with Jersey in particular, the last few seasons, it's it's tough because the team mentality has gotten so ingrained. And really, Dolores is kind of the only person who really goes, you know, is good with everyone for the most part. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's hard to avoid just because if you're coming on the show with any kind of existing connection, like Danielle is theoretically on the show because she knows Teresa through something and then Rachel is on the show because her son is friends with Melissa's son and Jen Fessler knows Margaret so it's like unless you really want to make a bold choice you're gonna just go along with the side of whoever kind of quote-unquote brought you into the group right so it's tricky because I, I think that is I like this season that they added people on both sides of the equation so it doesn't feel too lopsided. But at the same time, it's unfortunate that new people don't really get a chance to feel out every cast member for themselves. 
Yeah. And I think when the when the new people are not staying with the person who kind of got them on or brought them on or their connection, there's always kind of almost like a bigger scandal. Like you notice those with um remember Barbara from New York? Literally took the word out of my <laughs> mouth because Barbara came on as Luann's friend and then she and Luann had a falling out. And by the time of the reunion, it's like, why is Barbara still here? Right. Because it's like that was the person who brought her and they kind of feel it's, it can feel like you turn like I brought you onto the show and then you turned on me. Um, and then you still that I think a little bit with Denise Richards. I'm not sure exactly what the they said the Denise connection was, but I thought maybe it was like a little bit of Lisa Rinna. And obviously yeah. they have a lot of beef. Right. That it's like it's tough to be that person where it's like you burned the bridge that kind of got you there. But then also you're trying to stand on your own. But if you don't have any closer relationships with the other side of the cast, I I don't know if you watched all of this season of Potomac, but that definitely happened with Jacqueline, who came on as Mia's like BFF. And then by halfway through the season, they weren't speaking to each other. And it's like uh, this conflict is interesting, I guess, but also in the context of the show, why is Jacqueline still being invited to all of these events if her BFF is no longer friends with her? Right. It helps with like the believability. I mean, it hurts with the believability of the storyline. But right. Um, right. That it's like if your name is on the call sheet, no matter who you're speaking to, it, it makes me feel a little bit less like it's an authentic friend group. Yeah. I mean, it's an ambitious. I think it's an ambitious uh, a game plan to try to turn someone's friend against them, but there have definitely been people who have succeeded. So for sure, I I will be curious to see going into maybe next season of Jersey or even this season's reunion, uh, assuming that these new women stick around for a while, whether there's any more kind of shifting alliances, because I do think that would be exciting at some point, and especially if. And this is a big if. If Teresa or Melissa were ever to leave the show, I do think there would be sort of a power vacuum and it would be really interesting to see kind of where all the pieces fell. Yes. <sighs> maybe maybe someday. I don't know. It's tough because I'm not like – I don't want Teresa or Melissa to leave. Like I don't feel like, well, they better fire Teresa, you know, or like the, her time has come. But I do – I would like to see a future where this show can be about something else. <laughs> I agree. I think this is maybe the longest running plot line. And I also feel like everything that's that could be said has already been said. And I think maybe collectively as an audience, we might be getting over the, mm -hmm. the Melissa Teresa feud. It was interesting before they get to the shore, Teresa and Jennifer Aiden go bridesmaid gift shopping at Jennifer's husband's cousin's jewelry <laughs> place this harkens back to i think jennifer's first season on the show when all the girls got teresa like oh, a necklace yes. or something and jen flipped out because they hadn't gone to her family's jewelry business right so i liked full circle moment but they're talking about you know wedding stuff everything that's going on and then they're talking about at the baseball game teresa says that she just wants everything to be good with her brother and that she is offended that they didn't invite her to stay at their shore house and that Margaret is staying there and not her. And like, I get that on paper, but then when Teresa is saying it, I'm like, do you really want to stay at Joe and Melissa's shore house? It just is the kind of thing to me where it's, I feel like there are things where Teresa feels like she has to say that, but it's like, I think you will be happier staying at Jennifer Aiden's shore house. 
Right. It feels like it's almost just to make a point and not really about something that she wants. And that's, I mean, it's also kind of feels like a lot of the, a lot of the reasons that they're both mad at each other are so much more symbolic than representative of like true feelings of betrayal. I think mm-hmm. like the not inviting Melissa's family. It's like, it's a symbolic thing almost more than it is. Um, like I, I felt like a that's not necessarily, it doesn't seem like they're so intimately close, but maybe they've known each other for a while. And that seemed like, it was more about the symbolism of that. And then also with, you know, staying at the shore house, it's like, I don't want to stay with you. I don't even really like you, but I want to, I feel like symbolically I should be asked. Look, I think we can all relate to seeing on Instagram, the party happening. And you're like, I didn't want to go to that, but I at least wanted to be in the group text. Like, right. Well, it's like a respect like, thing. They're very right. into like respect and deferral. And right. I think Teresa with, especially with, I think especially with Melissa, Teresa's like, she married my younger brother, and I'm the matriarch of the family, as Joe Gorga sort of alludes mm-hmm. to or mentions. And part of that is like kissing the ring. And I don't think she felt like Melissa had kissed the ring enough. And this is sort of a another thing where I feel like she really she really just doesn't like Melissa because I don't think she Melissa's kind of like sucking up to her in a way that she in her ideal world, a sister-in-law might. Yeah, and I think I think Melissa and Joe have certainly said and done things that are sort of objectively not that nice or Mm -hmm. disrespectful maybe or dismissive. But then you kind of layer on these ideas of family and what that means. And so it kind of, you know, compounds and becomes more of like a festering wound than just like, hey, I didn't like the way you said that. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences Every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com MIA. 
When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honey honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. Speaking of the Donna Marco thing, when Teresa gets asked by the producer to explain the history there, we are immediately sucked back to christening footage, which (laughs) literally at this point, 10 plus years ago. She never forgets. Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, about about 10 years ago, I started getting busy, a.k.a. I was getting famous on this TV show and they got jealous. And we see screenshots of things that um, Donna and Melissa's sisters tweeted in like the, I like that they left the date stamps on there because the tweets are from like 2011 and 2012 <laughs> like they, they really had to dig back in the archive and I I appreciate the context I think that's helpful because I personally don't have uh encyclopedic knowledge of all of Donna Marco's tweets from 2011 <laughs> but it does then make you feel like wow we we really 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 are are not letting things go here. I know Teresa still has lots of feelings about how Melissa and Joe went behind her back to come on the show. We've talked about that ad nauseum, but the fact that it is still like, well, they were tweeting about me and it's like, uh, okay, okay. So that's, that is what this is about. It's almost nice to have that confirmation. Yeah. I was surprised she was that honest about it. Almost impressed by it. But like you said, it is like a long thing to hold a grudge, but it's also kind of shows this family's dynamic of, not really communicating when they're hurt in really mature ways. Like I think she, <laughs> she's really playing a long game revenge plan here. It's almost like I almost am, am impressed by it where she's like, all right, I, she, she did that tweet. I remember it in 10 years, not getting invited to my wedding. R- like she'll, she'll get hers, right? <laughs> well, and I think, you know, it makes Teresa more understandable because when, when she is explaining things like that, she really believes what she's saying. She feels that to her core. Like that's not something where she's like, I'm not feeling Melissa's vibe today. So I'm going to be spiteful and not invite her family. She's like, no, I don't fuck with these people because of something they tweeted in 2011. And that is the essence of how Teresa views this situation. And I might not always agree with her. I certainly don't always agree with her, but like I can understand that that is how she approaches the world. And even there's a lot of talk sort of also about Danielle's situation with her brother and the other women having thoughts and questions. And Teresa is coming to Danielle's aid and being like, I don't think this situation sounds petty at all. Italians hold grudges. (laughs) And she, she certainly uh, lives by that creed. (laughs) I mean, listen, if my sister-in-law tweeted like mean things about me publicly, I might not. And they never apologized for it. I might remember that. I don't think it's like totally insane. It's been a long time. I'm kind of surprised it hasn't come out in other ways before this. Mm -hmm. It's more the surprising thing. But I don't think it's crazy that she was offended by that. It just sounds like she never really resolved it, which is, again, 
Yeah. And and speaking of the the Danielle situation with her brother, it has become a major talking point within the cast. You know, we have Jackie and Rachel are both kind of outspoken about how they feel like there has to be, in the words of of Teresa way back at the table flip, there has to be something else. Um, And that they're not getting the full side of the story. And I, I understand Danielle's frustration, I think, because I agree with these women saying that there probably is more information that we're not getting. But at this point, You've just met Danielle maybe a month ago. You are getting to know her as a person, becoming friends with her, allegedly, according to the premise of this show. You've never met her brother. Her brother is not coming around. You don't, you know, whatever. It's like, if I were in Danielle's position, I think I would be like, why are you worried about my brother's side of the story? He's not here. Talk to me. Get to know me. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, this isn't affecting your life at all, whether you know the the, the deepest root reason of our Instagram feud. Like, I, I kind of get why she's like, get a life. Stop digging around for more answers here. Right. I get that. I also do think she used that feud to kind of justify taking a side against Melissa. So maybe that kind of prompted people to be like analyzing or overanalyzing that situation Mm. and also i guess that seems to be like her plot for the season (laughs) right i i'm i think like i'm excited to see her kind of get into it with the other women a little more because i think her kids are adorable i she seems very happy with her husband but Mm -hmm. like in terms of storyline i think the brother thing is interesting but it doesn't really feel like we're gonna get he's not coming right like we're not gonna get to the bottom of that this season. So I'd rather see her tense dynamic with uh, Jackie or kind of her developing frenemy situation, maybe with Rachel. Like I think those, that is interesting conflict and everybody is present and accounted for at the party. So you can actually like have that conversation versus like something about the brother that we don't meet. Right. Yeah. I think that's a very accurate assessment. Uh, should we talk more about uh, Jennifer and Bill? <laughs> we we had know. a nice long chat about their couples therapy session last week. Um, and we get some sort of lingering takeaways from that. They're debriefing about their time with Dr. Judy before they get to the shore. Jen points out that Bill was very quiet in their couples therapy session. He says he's quiet because when when they talk, they usually say hurtful things, which is, I guess, true, not but great. also not <laughs> Not outstanding. And (laughs) Jen, again, reiterates basically how she hates Bill's uh, tendency to ask thought-provoking questions and try and understand both people's perspectives and perhaps sometimes play devil's advocate. I mean, it's it's really the same thing replaying over and over that Jen just wants um, somebody to tell her she's right. I agree that that's still Jen's sort of like whole point of, of speaking to Bill. But I think thought she had a really good point. And when she was saying she's kind of like Bill is not really saying anything, even when he is saying something. And then you hear him speak or at least the way this is cut. And she is kind of right. And that is sort of frustrating. She's like, well, why don't you ever speak? And he's sort of speaking like he's the therapist or he's speaking like he's so removed from it that he's mm. almost talking about the situation in a third party way as opposed to like being fully in it she's like well why don't you ever talk about this and or talk about they were talking about like the grades or of the kids grades and he's like well communication is an important thing and two people need to do it's like she's asking you about your 
feelings and your opinions and you're kind of talking about you're like too meta like let's just like be say your own feelings and let the other person discuss like why communication and individuals need to do like I was I didn't really understand what he was saying either so I I felt her there did you ever watch veep um I watched a few episodes I okay so there's there's this character that pops in uh recurring on veep named karen and she's like this trusted advisor of selena and she always brings her in when she's facing like difficult questions and they're like okay karen what do you think and she's like well i think the best choice would be to consider all the choices and to you know weigh the good and the bad of each choice and then come to the choice that seems like the best balance of the good and the bad and that would be the choice that i would make and I feel like Bill is sort of doing a little bit of that with Jennifer that he's like, well, did you think about what Margaret would say? And then did you think about what she might mean by what she says? And then maybe when you think about that, then you can think about what you should say. And Jennifer's like, yes. just tell me that Margaret's a bitch. <laughs> exactly. It kind of sounds like she's talking to chat GBT. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, I can't make judgments of character, but I would say that a good apology <laughs> Exactly. It's like so impersonal. I can see why that would be kind of frustrating because Jen is very opinionated and Bill is sort of avoiding. It seems like at least on the camera on camera, he's avoiding having a strong opinion. Yeah. And I I do think later when she brings up this idea of the kids being average, I, I understand why that is a trigger for her because Jen is somebody who believes to her core that she is special. And uh, this is not a this is not a good thing or a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. and that her kids are, you know, inherently special and, you know, important and good. And so when he's saying, well, you know, if you're not hard enough on them with the academics, they're going to have average grades and then they're going to have average lives. And she's like, are you are you saying that my kids are like shit pieces of shit? (laughs) And (laughs) Bill's not saying that. I think he's saying something that is grounded in some form of reality but the way he's saying it he should know is not going to be received by jennifer yeah and i mean it's also i could see i mean they she mentioned this also in in the couples therapy it's like she is a stay-at-home mom and her job sort of is to raise the kids and when he's insulting like things about the kids it's like he's saying you're not doing a good job so that adds an extra layer I think mm. to her feeling really bad when he mentions the turnout sort of having to have to do with her and to be like a negative mark on her, on her homemaker resume. Right. Like he wants the kids to get straight A's, but he doesn't think it's his job to actually, you know, make sure that happens. It's, it's sort of like a mandate being sent down to Jen that it's like, you must be strict enough on these kids that they will get straight A's or else they will be average. And she's like, well, fuck you. Where are you? Like you didn't make sure the homework got done. If that's so important to you, maybe you should be going to the parent teacher conference. Yeah. It feels, I could see why she's like, it feels like a performance review. Yeah. And I think, I think with, with any couple, when you've been together that long, it's one thing if Bill isn't going to be the kind of person who just says whatever Jen wants to hear. I think there's value in that. But he should at least know kind of how best to frame something to be received by her. And like the way she communicates and the way she 
computes information. And it seems like he's really not on that emotional intelligence level with her where he's like, okay, if I say it this way, she's going to fly off the handle. Whereas if I maybe frame it in this way, then we can have a conversation about it. Yeah. So maybe couples therapy will get him to learn how to communicate effectively. <laughs> Next week with Dr. Judy, we will we will tackle the the report cards. I said this last week. I am into as many as much footage of the couples therapy with Dr. Judy as I can get. <laughs> I I agree. I'm on board with that. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, I think we should talk about the sort of game of telephone that is happening about whether or not Margaret Josephs is to be trusted, because it's kind of a confusing thread now to keep track of. So going back to Jennifer's daughter's birthday party, we have... Jen and uh, Jen and Teresa talking to Rachel and basically being like, you don't want her on your bad side. You know, Danielle is bringing up the Laura thing to Rachel and saying that Margaret is ready to drop bombs and don't fuck with a woman scorned, which I don't think they were using in the proper <laughs> context necessarily. <laughs> but then, you know, Rachel sort of reports back this information to the Melissa and Margaret and Jackie contingent. You know, and then Margaret asks Teresa about what she told Rachel. And Teresa really takes issue with this now saying that Rachel is trying to cause a problem between her and Marge. And it's showing her what kind of person she is. I do feel like this is a case where everybody is doing their job as a housewife. And I appreciate it. But also it's like it's no one's fault. <laughs> this yeah. is what happens. There's a lot too many people involved, I think, in this question of Marge's trustability. <laughs> To where it's getting a little bit all over the place um, and hard to almost keep track of. 
<laughs> right. Like there there have been so many conversations and we have ultimately just come back to the place of Margaret going up to Teresa and being like, hey, I thought we made up. Why are you talking about me? And it's like, OK, okay that was we I think we already had this conversation in like episode two. Right. And Jennifer really seems to be pushing this um, narrative that Margaret has friends because she has things on people and those people are only friends with her because they don't want those things coming out to the public. And I can understand why she and Teresa would be creating thinking that, or even if they don't think of that, um, pushing that because, you know, she did reveal the thing about Jen's husband. Um, she did reveal, she was kind of like talking about Louie a little bit last week and the things Teresa clearly didn't want talked about. So I do think I don't think that narrative is like out of nowhere. I do think the idea that like Margaret will use things she has against you is has some validity to it. I don't think that's like insane to say, but I don't know if that's I don't think that's why Melissa Gorga is friends with her or why her friends are friends with her. I agree. And I mean, Marge saying that historically she hasn't done anything that bad to anybody is a little bit rich. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it is her thing a little bit. But then also, I feel like when confronted with this, you know, long line of people talking, Teresa kind of backtracks a little bit. And she's like, look, all I said is that you're ruthless if someone gets on your bad side. And then she says, but hey, if anyone pushes the wrong button on any of us, we'd fight back. And it's like, in a in a sense, sure, but also like that's not the tone that you've been taking when speaking about Margaret. It's like there is a specific there's a specific thing with Margaret that people are talking around that it's like more than other people, she has a way of dropping bombs and using information. And so then for Teresa to be like, well, hey, we would all do it. It's like that's not what you said. Right. Well, that's very classic, Teresa. <laughs> Right. It's like if if we think that Margaret is the devil, then let's just, you know, let's own that. Let's let's own it. And I do. It's I don't know. It's a it's a little strange to me why Teresa isn't a little bit more just like, yeah, fuck Margaret. I don't I'm not friends with her. I think that part of the reason that she doesn't do that is because she does believe to an extent that Margaret is someone who's going to. I think last season when Margaret was talking about Louie, I mean, it sounds like Louie got fired for whatever she was saying. So I think Louie has probably encouraged Teresa to be like, Mm. this woman can cause a lot of damage instead of like we could wage war on her or we could try to just make just chill her out and make her neutral towards us so that I don't know what else she's hiding or maybe she's not hiding anything and she just doesn't want Margaret like going for it with her. I think Teresa sees Margaret almost as the fact that she tried to make peace with her shows me that she thinks of her as potentially a worthy adversary. Like she Mm. has a little bit of fear towards her. Otherwise, like you said, she would just be like, fuck her. Right. There's way more consideration into how she's talking to Margaret than there is with how she's talking to Joe and Melissa. Like, yeah. it, I think with Joe and Melissa, there's more genuine hurt there and there's more history. But with with Margaret, there feels like more of a tension of sort of rivalry on the show. Yeah. And a need for her to, I agree, to somewhat keep quiet. And again, I don't know what Mar- if Margaret has anything or would even do anything, although we know she's capable of it. But to me, that seems like a big motive for Teresa's fake friendship with Margaret. Yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm curious to see how that develops 
you know, through the reunion and kind of where we are now. Because obviously there's been such a breakdown between Teresa and the Gorgas. And I'm I'm curious whether the relationship with Margaret has uh, skirted around that at all or if if Margaret has sort of like retreated over to team Melissa a little bit more. Yeah. I guess we'll see. TBD. The last thing I want to touch on is kind of full circle back to the question of Donna Marco not getting invited to the wedding is this moment when Louis comes over and he tells Teresa that he apologized to Donna for not inviting her and asked her not to hold it against him that she wasn't invited and did not clear this with Teresa at all. Did not give her a heads up that he was going to say anything. This, this, Caught me off guard. I am not, I didn't love this vibe. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, even ter- looking at Teresa's body language and her facial expression, she obviously didn't say anything, but like you could tell just by looking at her that she was really annoyed by what he had done, especially again, because loyalty is her big, intense thing. Right. And I, I do feel like, you know, we've talked at some length about the decision to not invite Donna and what went into that and, you know, the pros and cons. But it, I do feel like it's the kind of thing where once that decision has been made, you kind of got to have the united front. And it's it's a weird look to have <laughs> Louis going behind Teresa's back and apologizing. For, it's like, oh, look, if, if, if you don't fuck with her based on a tweet from 2012... Live in that, stand in that truth, 10 toes down. Right. And I mean, it was funny that he was like looking for her to go invite her. Like he was like, oh, where, she left? What? Oh, that's upsetting. Yeah. And it um, kind of, and then it kind of makes Teresa look worse because at the very least, if it's like, yeah, we're not close, whatever. But like the fact that Louis is having a different tone about it then makes Teresa look like the bad guy. Whereas we've heard we've seen a justification of Teresa not inviting them and it's like if there's a real issue there then Louis should be supporting Teresa in that Mm -hmm. and I mean in the words of Danielle from Summer House I'd kind of like to see them hash out the tough stuff like we haven't really seen them fight on the show I think it would be an interesting I always wonder like because they're you know they're in their love bubble like what does a disagreement look like on camera for them. Right. Like, and I don't think, I feel like they're going to be sort of careful about if and when they do show that to us, because obviously we've seen little moments of tension here and there at the reunion last season, Louis kind of, you know, trying to reel Teresa back in and, and, you know, coach her a little bit. Um, But it, it does feel like they are very aware of, kind of what they're presenting on the show. And maybe it's not always exactly what they think it is, but that they're they're not going to just like have a fight on camera. Yeah. And I think that's kind of Teresa's has always been Teresa's thing. Even when she was with Joe Judice, they weren't until they were like divorcing. Like it took a very long time for her to say anything negative about Joe Judice, even when it was like he was caught on camera, like, calling her a bitch and seemingly yeah. cheating on her. Um, she was still not fighting with him on camera. Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I don't I mean, obviously I have not made the decision to be on a reality show for a decade plus. Um, but I I mean I understand why that is something that people are hesitant to kind of 
open up about. It's not fun. But, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about some of the disagreements and arguments you've seen with couples on Bravo, it's like that is it's it's important. It has value. The, I mean, the, the, Jen, and Bill, stuff, the yeah. Jen and Bill stuff is fascinating. We're not seeing that from Teresa and Louie. There's other things that are interesting to unpack, but we're not seeing them in couples therapy. I don't think they're in couples therapy, to be yeah. clear. People are going to be like, they're not in couples therapy. I'm like, I, uh, mm. <laughs> I mean, I think it would probably be helpful for them. But I mean, even you look at Melissa and Joe, like they were fighting on the show last season or a couple of seasons ago, yeah. back when Margaret told her to date a ball player. Um, like that was, it does, it does feel real it does feel like it's not because again i don't think many people would choose that as their plot line would be marital strife but when it happens you're kind of like okay this feels real because most people wouldn't like fake that yeah well you never know what's gonna happen down the shore but (laughs) i guess we will see oh my god too too many shots the coming attractions for next week were where, where Louis is telling Joe that he wears his father's pajamas. Did you catch that? Yeah. I was like, did I hear this right? Uh, I was like, I need to, I cannot wait to hear that full conversation because that sounded crazy. Only on New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jordana, thank you so much for being here again this week. And uh, I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. Bye, Dylan. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.